Hello, ladies, and welcome to the Amazing Bible Dot Book Club. I am Julie Callio, your host, and thanks so much for taking time out of your busy schedules to tune in today. If you do want to contact me with either questions or comments, you can do that at theab.bc.pc at gmail.com. Well, today we are looking at chapters 5 through 11 of Deuteronomy. In Greek, the name Deuteronomy means the second giving of the law. The Hebrew name of this book is These Are the Words, because these are Moses' last words to the second generation of the children of Israel before they entered into the promised land. Chapter 5 starts, Moses called all Israel and said unto them, Hear, O Israel, the statutes and judgments which I speak in your ears this day, that you may learn them and keep them and do them. He goes on and shares that the reason for the law is that God made a covenant with the Israelites before the law ever came into being. Moses then reviews what those Ten Commandments were. One, you shall have no other gods before me. Two, do not make any graven images or idols. Three, do not take the name of the Lord in vain. Four, keep the Sabbath day and keep it holy. Five, honor your father and mother. 6. Do not kill. 7. Do not commit adultery. 8. Do not steal. 9. Do not bear false witness or lie. And 10. Do not covet. As a reminder, the first four are dealing with our relationship with God. We call that a vertical relationship. And then the others, 5 through 10, are a horizontal relationship our relationships with people. And one of the things that we are going to find throughout all scriptures, these are the two main emphasis, how we relate to God and how we relate to people. Chapter five ends with, if God's people will do as he commands and not turn to the right or turn to the left, but will walk in his ways, they will live well and God may prolong their days in the land which they will possess. In verse 3 of chapter 6, we again see, Hear, O Israel, and observe. And then in verse 4, once again we see, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. Then verses 5 and 6, And thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, and with all your soul, and with all your might. And these words which I command you this day shall be in your heart. The Jewish people call this passage the Shema, which is the Hebrew word for hear. They memorize it and they teach it to their children even to this day. When Jesus was asked, which is the greatest commandment, and this is found in Matthew chapter 22, verses 36 through 40, he responds with a Shema. He says, you shall love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, and with all thy mind. And then he says, this is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. That second part is a law that is found in Leviticus chapter 19, verse 18. 
And then he says, on these two commandments, hang all of the law and the prophets. In other words, if we love God and if we love our neighbor, we will be fulfilling that for which God has commanded us to do. The word for love here means to have affection for. And again, I said yesterday that Deuteronomy is the book that shows us so much of God loving us and why he has done what he has done. To love God with all your heart, soul, and mind means to love God with all that you are. Again, we are commanded to teach our children the ways of God. And I love how the verse explains that it's not just sitting down and having a family devotional. But as you go about life, as you walk, as you sit, as you lie down at night, when you get up, our children should see that God is the most important person in our lives. And because of that, they should also see how we treat others the way that God would have us treat others. Then in verse 12, there is a warning that when life gets good and you become content, beware that you don't start serving other gods. Then we see in verse 13, it says, They are to fear the Lord thy God and serve him And then verse 16 says, And you shall not tempt the Lord your God. Jesus uses these two verses, 13 and 16, during his temptation, which I will address later on as we see that third verse that he uses. When reading Dr. Honeycutt's commentary on Deuteronomy, he refers to Pythian Adam's book on Deuteronomy and says that these next chapters reflect back to that first commandment that there is only one God. In other words, because there is only one God, our covenantal God, then chapter 6 shows us one faithful fellowship, Chapter 7 shows one people of God. Chapter 8 reveals one source of life. Chapter 9 shows one source of success. Chapter 10 reveals our ultimate relationship. And chapter 11 gives us one fundamental choice. In chapter 7, we see that the Israelites are to destroy the Canaanite culture because they serve other gods. Again, in verse 7 and 8, we see the Lord's love for his people. The Lord did not set his love upon Israel, nor did he choose them because they are a great number of people. They were the fewest. But because the Lord loved you... Again, this word means to have affection for and because he would keep his oath, which he swore to their fathers. Again, in verse 13, he will love thee. This passage also says that if they follow God's ways, then he will fight for them as he did in Egypt. In chapter eight, the Israelites are called to remember God. In verse 2, it says, And you shall remember all the ways which the Lord your God led you these 40 years in the wilderness to humble you and to prove you to know what was in your heart and if they would keep his commandments or not. Dr. Ray Vanderlaan said that every time God talked about the time of the Israelites in the wilderness, it was that God led them. 
When the Israelites talked about it, it was wandering in the wilderness. But God had a plan and a reason for the 40 years in the wilderness. Dr. Vandalon also commented that one of the reasons for their wanderings in those 40 years was to get Egypt out of their lives and to prepare them to be God's people for God's promised land. Then verse 3 talks of how God provided manna, the what is this kind of bread. And then it says the reason was so that the Israelites might know that man shall not live on bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of the Lord. That is how man lives. And where have we heard this verse before? It's when Jesus was in the wilderness and tempted by the devil. Jesus had just been baptized and was about to start his ministry. And then in Matthew chapter 4, verse 1, the Bible says that Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. Just as the children of Israel were led into the wilderness, so was Jesus. The difference is that the children of Israel failed miserably and complained about the manna and about everything else. But when Jesus was tempted to turn stones into bread, Jesus quoted from Deuteronomy this very passage. It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. When he was tempted to put God to the test by jumping off the temple, he quoted Deuteronomy. It is written, Thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. And when Jesus was tempted to worship the devil so he could have all the goods of the world, Jesus quoted Deuteronomy and said, Get behind me, Satan, for it is written, Thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, and him only shall you serve. Ladies, there is power in the written word of God. There are a few things to realize in this. First, The Old Testament was Jesus' scripture. It is of value, even to us today. And second, it so surprises me that Jesus, who was the Son of God and the Son of Man, who was perfect, found power in quoting scripture more than just Jesus saying his own words. Ladies, there is power to defeat Satan when we can stand on the word of God and quote it to the enemy. How many scripture verses do you know? Psalm 119.11 says, I will hide God's word in my heart that I may not sin against thee. If Jesus, the son of God, chose to quote scripture to defeat Satan, it behooves us to do the same. Chapter 8 also has a warning. When you go into the land and are fully fed, beware that you don't forget the Lord your God and forget to keep his commandments, his judgments, and his statues that God gave them. Chapter 9 starts with, Hear, O Israel. This is intentional hearing. Again, it's not just the kind that goes in one ear and out the other. Hear, O Israel. Then it goes into how God will go before them and the reasons for the driving out of the people is due to their wickedness, but it's God's righteousness that will help them succeed. 
Then verse 6 reminds them, it is God's righteousness that enables them to take the land. It is not the righteousness of the Israelites because they are a stiff-necked, stubborn people. Then Moses shares the various times that the Israelites sinned against the Lord and the many times that Moses interceded for them. Chapter 10 continues with Moses getting the second set of stone tablets of the Ten Words or the Ten Commandments. Then verse 12 says, What does the Lord require of thee? Fear the Lord thy God. Walk in his ways. Love him. Serve him with all your heart and soul. And to keep the commandments and the statutes. And it is for your good if you do these things. Again in verse 15 we see that the Lord loved the fathers and chose their seed after them. Then in verse 16, it says, We are to circumcise the foreskin of our heart and do not be stiff-necked anymore. If you remember, circumcision was a sign of the covenant between God and man. It showed a setting apart for God. But here it is our heart that needs to be circumcised. It's no longer in the flesh, but by the Spirit, by surrendering to God. Also note that in verse 19 of chapter 10, Israelites are to love the stranger because they too were strangers in Egypt. But keep in mind that if the strangers chose to live among them, that they were also to follow God's laws. Chapter 11 begins again with the commandment to love the Lord thy God and to keep his charge, statutes, judgments, and his commandments always. Then verse 26 says, Behold, I set before you this day a blessing and a curse, a blessing if you obey, and a curse if you do not obey. It is a choice. It is interesting reading throughout this condensed version of the Israelites and seeing how many times Moses went up to the mountain and stayed 40 days and 40 nights, many times to intercede for those stiff-necked people. And these stiff-necked people failed over and over and over again. And even Moses, this amazing mediator for the people, failed and was not allowed to enter the promised land. But then when we read of Jesus in Matthew chapter 4 and see that he too was led in the wilderness and he too fasted like Moses for 40 days and 40 nights. But this time when the tempter came, Jesus did not fail. He stood on the word of God for life. He did not tempt the Lord with his actions. He did not worship the tempter and all the goods of this world. He was faithful. Later on in Deuteronomy chapter 21 verses 22 and 23, it states that anyone who is hung on a tree is accursed of God. We will find, ladies, that it did not take long for the Israelites to choose not to obey God. There is no surprise there. They chose the curse. But Jesus did obey God in everything. He chose to die on a Roman cross and he became our curse. He took it upon himself so that we might have atonement. He became our sacrifice. In the New Testament book, in 1 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21, 
It says, For God made him who knew no sin to become sin for us, so that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. Again, the children of Israel, for them to go into the promised land, it was not because they were righteous. It was because their God was righteous. But in Jesus, those who believe in him are made the righteousness of God. In Jesus, our heart is circumcised so that we want to obey and are empowered to obey in him. Because Jesus was our mediator. Because Jesus was our sacrifice. Because Jesus took on our curse. We can choose blessing. Today, ladies, if you hear his voice, don't harden your hearts like the stiff-necked Israelites. Instead, let us choose blessing. Instead, let's choose life. Instead, let's choose Jesus and obey. Thanks for listening and until next time.